Hello and welcome to the First End Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another great interview. Again, we're taking a break from the 2023 NFL draft prospects, going back to the coaching ranks. And we're joined today by Assumption University wide receiver coach, Mike Pina Jr. Mike, how are we doing today, man? Doing great, Tobias. Thanks for having me. I'm fired up to be on here. I know it took us a little bit while to get going, but happy to be on. Hey, for sure, man. I am super pumped. You... You were right. We were definitely, we were going back and forth to make this thing happen. It's a long time coming, but I'm excited to dive into it, man. No doubt. Me too. Me too. So I want to go all the way back to the early years for you. You grew up in the Massachusetts area, you know, and we were talking a little bit off the record. That would lead me to believe that you were a diehard Patriots fan, grew up loving Tom Brady, but you threw me a curveball of the century. <laughs> Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you came to the game of football and who was your early love at that quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so I grew up in Brockton, Mass, um, you know, moved around a couple towns, you know, early on in my life. But uh, definitely, you know, my, my love for football started at a very young age. Like I was telling you, my my dad was a coach at Severian Brothers High School, where I ended up going um, for high school. And I was around there at a young age. I was a water boy at like five years old, you know going to all the games, traveling on the bus. So that, for me, that really helped develop uh, kind of my passion and love for the game. And during that time, I, uh, Matt Hasselbeck went to my high school. So I would always go around uh, Zaverian when I was a little kid and see his jersey up there, uh, you know, in the rafters and stuff. And then, I mean, really it was him, really him and uh, Vince Young was another huge inspiration for uh, why I wanted to start playing quarterback. Cause I watched him in the Rose Bowl, you know, when I was like seven or eight years old and, um I was like man I want to do that and I uh, actually wore a number 10 for a long time because of him and but those are definitely two kind of uh pro guys that were definitely an early inspiration you know in addition to my dad who again I was always around football because of him so did did you feel like you had to play football or was it always just one of those like you grew up around it and knew like I, I gotta be on this field I want to do this yeah I mean I n- never 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 in my life have you know, kind of looked at as a chore. Like I've always looked at as, you know, my, my favorite thing to do, even, even to this day, you know, just going on the field with, whether it's just throwing routes with some friends or, you know, uh, lifting weights or anything like that. I've always um, just viewed it as uh, fun and, you know, my passion, um, whether it's uh, working out, it's coaching, training guys, um, even from a young age, you know, when I start off playing flag football, I uh, really enjoyed that. And just, yeah, I mean, always it's always been just a huge passion of mine, um, you know, on on and off the field. Like I just love everything that's kind of that goes uh, with with football. You know, and you are the first Massachusetts high school football product we've had. And every time we get a new state, you know, we have to let the guys stump for their state. Obviously, I've never met a guy from Texas who you could convince that Texas isn't the be all end all of high school football, but, you know, educate the people on why Massachusetts can, you know, lay some claim for some really good high school football. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, uh, yeah, Massachusetts, we're definitely not Texas, but uh, uh, it's definitely legit football, especially, you know, looking at the top schools, uh, including my high school, Zavarian. Um, you know, we were nationally, my senior year, we were nationally ranked by, you know, U.S. Today, we were 22nd in the country. Um, so we were, you know, we're a legit program. We've produced a ton of NFL guys. We have two guys in the NFL right now. 
uh, a lot of D1 guys, D2, D3, who have all had great success at those levels. Um, but in addition to us, you also have uh, Everett, who's been a powerhouse. Um, haven't been great the past couple of years, but they've produced guys like, you know, Louis Seen, uh, Lucas Dennis, these great guys who have played on at the next level. Uh, Catholic Memorial is a great program right now uh, who's just on been on a tear. So, you know, these these top programs um, across the state are pretty legit year in, year out. And then really um, what I love about Masters of Football is there's eight divisions. So, um, yeah, you know, Division 8 isn't always the best football, but I guarantee you there's great football players there. And that's what I love about um, recruiting Massachusetts is that I love to find, um, you know, guys at all different levels because there are good players at every level in Massachusetts football. You just got to look, uh, you know, look hard to find those guys. And some, a lot of times these guys get overlooked, whether it's at um, division one, two or three levels. Um, you know, there's a lot of Massachusetts guys going on at all those levels, but, you know, a lot of them getting overlooked at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, Massachusetts football is legit and it's, super competitive every year. You know, all of our games are played at Gillette Stadium, um, which is which is awesome. We I got to play there um three times in my high school career, which was just amazing experience. And um that's kind of what the goal is every year for every high school team is they want to uh get to Gillette and you know get to play with the Patriots play. You guys might have a cooler venue. Here in Ohio we play our games at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, mm-hmm. Tom Benson, which I mean obviously who doesn't want to play at the Hall of Fame. But... No doubt. I don't know. As a Patriots fan, I might I might have been okay with you know playing on Gillette at least once or twice. No so, doubt. I got to get into you brought up the recruiting process and you coming out of high school and you know even your college career having played at three colleges is it's an interesting journey. So walk me through what your recruiting process was like coming out of high school and how you norm you know ended up landing on a college like Western New England. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, my my college recruiting experience was for as a quarterback was definitely, uh, very unique. So, um, I didn't start at quarterback until my senior year, uh, quarterback in front of me was, was a great player, Jake Farrell. He ended up getting drafted by the Yankees and was unbelievable quarterback could have went D1 if he wanted to for football, um, but chose baseball instead. But so up until then, my sophomore and junior, you know, I was playing everywhere on special teams. I was long snapping, kickoff, kick return, whatever I can do, just get on the field. Um, so really going into my senior year, I didn't have, I barely had any film at quarterback. Um, and then going, also going into my senior year, I was in competition with a junior quarterback who was also a good, you know, good quarterback. Um, so throughout the first four games of the season, me and him are switching off every drive. So, you know, I didn't get to fully start until the fifth game of my senior year, um, which at that time, you know, for quarterbacks, that's really hard for recruiting. Um, plus, you know, I'm, not the biggest guy. I'm 5'11". Um, so, you know, kind of the combination of not getting the um, experience and, you know, just uh, I think my height a little bit too. But in the end, I mean, I still was able to have, a you know, a great senior season, you know, personally. And then especially as a team, we we were 12-0, won the state championship. So um, I was very fortunate, you know, to have a lot of schools still reaching out. Uh, mostly, you know, Division three schools in the area, a few D2s in the NE10. Um, not nothing scholarship wise, but maybe as like a walk on. But, um, you know, Western New England was was definitely very one of the schools that was very persistent. And um, yeah, I ended up ended up going there uh, for my first year. And that's kind of how that that process went. You know, and you brought up long snapping and we talked a little bit off the record. 
So you go to Western New England and, you know, obviously you don't start at quarterback because for folks who aren't familiar with Western New England, rich tradition, very mm-hmm. rich tradition, very winning <clears throat> program. So you are determined to get on the field. You've talked about versatility. So you make the travel squad as a long snapper. Am, am I am I right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, just going back to my mentality, you know, growing up and in high school, like I always just want to get on the field. Um, you know, as a court as a quarterback, usually only one plays at a time. So, and I'm no just I just love again I just love football. I want to play. Um, so that was my mentality even in college. So, as a freshman, yep, I ended up winning the starting long snapping job because I was you know low on the depth chart at quarterback, and I just wanted to play again. Um, so won the starting job as a long snapper, and that was an awesome experience because I was able to play you know in a in a great season where we. Went on the we won the conference championship, went on the playoffs, uh, won the first won the first round against Hudson, and then um, went on to play in the second round, uh, which we ended up losing. But it was just a great experience as a freshman to uh, get on the field and you know just do my job as a as a long snapper. Did you ever have a moment, obviously, as you know, a guy who had been you know a backup QB, you were accustomed to just grinding and putting your head down. But when you are now the starting long snapper, did you ever have a moment where you were like, man, maybe I should hang this QB stuff up and, you know, look to switch positions? Or did you always know deep down that like, hey, I could still start collegiate football as a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I've always always wanted to be, you know, a quarterback of since probably about seventh grade. But um, that was definitely a thought, um, you know, when I was a starting long snapper. And actually my freshman year, I got switched to safety uh, for a week. But uh, I had, that's something I didn't really, you know, feel passionate about. So I went to my coach and asked to switch back to quarterback. Um, and then after the season, I actually got switched. I got asked to switch to uh, running back, which I did, I was thinking about doing. But, um, you know, again, um, just kind of a lot of a lot of deep thoughts and a lot of talks with my family and, and friends. I, uh, you know, just ultimately decided I want to play quarterback. So. That's why I ended up leaving uh, Washington England after a semester, which I mean, I love, love that school. It's a great program, but that's kind of what led me to transferring. You know, and you, you lot, you land on your feet at Mount Ida, which obviously we'll get into why you ended up leaving there in that situation. But talk about what led you to pick Mount Ida and why you felt like, Hey, this is the place where I can really get my quarterback career going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mount Ida was actually, um, it's another school I was thinking about out of high school where their head coach, Mike Landers was a, uh, a family friend of ours. And um, he played with my uncle in high school. So there was a ton of trust there between, between us. And um, so that was like the first school, like I contacted when I decided I wanted to transfer. And um, right, right when I went back to campus to visit, I just felt like it was, you know, the right fit. Like I felt like I was home again. And um, again, Coach Landers was someone I could trust and he wasn't guaranteeing me anything going in there. Um, you know, there was another quarterback, uh, the starting quarterback from the previous season was coming back. So I was going to, you know, be in competition with him. So nothing was guaranteed, but, um, you know, he did say, even if I didn't end up being the starter that maybe I could, you know, get in some running packages and stuff like that. So it just sounded like a great opportunity for me to, like you said, get my quarterback career um, back on, back on track. So that's kind of what led me to there. And, um, you know, just like, like I said, I felt like, felt like home and a place that I could trust and believe in. You know, when you get on the field, you start throwing passes, you start having success. So walk me through what the emotions were like, like you're finally in the game and it's not long snapping. 
it is doing what you always want to do, and that is playing quarterback at the collegiate level. So what were those emotions like when you were finally doing that? Yeah, it was definitely – it definitely felt uh, a little bit fast at first, like, you know, just going in at quarterback, and I was like, all right, okay, I'm I'm here. I'm here. Um, you know, I'm here playing college quarterback. This this is what I wanted. This, this is why I decided to transfer and, um, you know, follow, follow my dream and, and follow my passion. And um, I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is it, this is worth it. So hundred percent, um, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm happy of that decision and, um, you know, so thankful of, of coach Landers and the rest of Mount Ida too, for um, giving me that opportunity. So like we said, you end up leaving Mount Ida, but not because you necessarily wanted to. So for folks who aren't familiar with what happened at Mount Ida, could you walk us through what happened and what were your emotions like when you find out like, dude, I got to leave again? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I absolutely <clears throat> loved Mount Ida. You know, I had a lot of great relationships there with, uh, you know, coaches, teachers, everyone, you know, teammates. Um, so basically what happened is on in uh, April of 2018, we all got an email from the school saying that it was closing down. Um so at that point, we were like, everyone was scrambling, you know, kind of freaking out uh, about about what's going to happen next. So we were all <clears throat> we were all kind of put in that tough situation in April, too. You know, that's late um, for recruiting process and, and for schools, too, to accept new students and everything. So we were all, uh, you know, kind of panicking at that point. And it was a huge punch in the gut because, again, we love Mount Ida. It was like it was like a home to us. And it just it just felt like it was just absolutely devastating honestly because it was a special place you know not not many places are, are like it you know when for <laughs> folks who are listening you know people might start to wonder like all right so you go to a program like western new england you have to go to be a long snapper to get on the field then you get to mount ida you're finally doing your dream and that is playing college quarterback and now the school's shutting down you you have no control over that so folks have to be wondering did the thought ever cross your mind like hey should i just hang the cleats up should i just like go be a student, maybe coach some high school ball. So did the thought ever cross your mind to hang the cleats up? No, definitely not. I knew I wanted to, you know, finish out my uh, eligibility at that point, though. It was just like, <clears throat> where, you know, I was so, so confused and, um, you know, just kind of distraught about um, where, I, where I would go to next. And it was <clears throat> super stressful, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty sad part of, uh, of my life there where, again, I absolutely love that place. Like we were looking to have a great season, you know, going into that year. And um, so it was just, it was just absolutely devastating, like I said. And, but I, I definitely knew I wanted to keep playing. I just didn't know <clears throat> where, and, you know, I was even keeping uh, options open, going in, going in as a long snapper, maybe to like a bigger school, um, you know, with the film I had from my freshman and sophomore year long snapping. So um, <clears throat> that was, I was also keeping that as an option, but ultimately Nichols uh ended up being the the uh seemed the best fit for me where <clears throat> again when I went there I felt like I was welcomed and you know that felt like felt like it was home to me you know and obviously you went on to have a lot of success at Nichols on the field you know the stats speak for themselves what you were able to accomplish so I have to ask you you know with the tumultuous ride that was your college career you got to, you know, play alongside some really cool players and have some really cool experiences. So is there a moment that maybe stands out as just being a little bit, you know, a cut above the rest? Do you have one game or maybe one moment where you were like, wow, I'm going to remember that forever? Yeah, no doubt. Um, there's a few, but 
I always say to people is um, I've seen it here. It was our homecoming game against Salve Regina. At that point, you know, Nichols has, hasn't beat Salve in like 11 years or something like that, something crazy. So, um, and with Nichols too, the alumni absolutely love Nichols College. So our homecoming game was crazy because we also had a lot of hype around our team that year where, you know, we were competitive, we were scoring a ton of points. So our homecoming game was nuts. It was absolutely packed and um, we were able to beat Salve for the first time in all those years. So, and you, after the game, you could just feel like the amount of pride, you know, in the school and in the football program. And uh, that moment was just amazing um, for me and for my uh, teammates and coaches. Um, you know, we, that's, that's where we felt too. Like we were, we were like, all right, we're, we're a legit team in this conference this year. And um, like I said, just being able to do that for the, for the program, for the school, that was one of my proudest um, moments ever in my football career. You know, one thing that we like to do on this show is help break the stigma of small college football. You mm -hmm. played a lot of division three football and, you know, some people might say, well, division three has no talent. It's just a bunch of small <clears> school <throat> dudes who didn't go to the big schools. We've proven on this show time and time again, that's not true, but for whatever reason, people don't always listen. So I want to, you know, have you, if you could talk to someone who's not familiar with D3 football, what would you want people to know about it? Yeah. I mean, D3 football is uh, extremely competitive. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I played with and across our conference, uh, really all the, the the schools I played at and against, there's a lot of um, guys who will transfer from D1, D2 schools as well. Um, you know, just because they might not be in the best situation or um, whatever. So there's a ton of talent in, uh, in D3 for sure, you know, extremely competitive. Um, like I know there's definitely some D3 teams that compete against higher level teams as well. So there's definitely that um, still, like you said, still a little bit of that stigma out there about, about D3, but it's legit. I mean, we had a guy on my team, uh, Jake Wood, who played at Stonehill and was a good player there, um, played played a little bit receiver and just he wants something different. So he ended up going to Nichols and it was a great play for us. So there's guys like that um, a lot in D3 or maybe guys who don't have the grades to qualify for, uh, you know, D1 or D2. They'll end up at D3, which I played with a few guys like that as well. You know, and you end the college career and like you've talked about, you just love the game of football. So what ultimately led you into pursuing a GA role? Yeah, so um, definitely knew I wanted to coach, you know, coming out of college and um, definitely wanted. So at first, you know, I wanted to um, play overseas during uh, after I graduated, but that was kind of during COVID. So um, there wasn't really much football going on overseas. And so really during that time, um, I devoted to, you know, uh, my company business could be velocity with being able to train guys and also figuring out what I was going to do uh, for coaching. So I ended up um, being offered as a offensive GA for uh, Nichols. So I was kind of felt that it was a great opportunity to get my career, uh, started coaching, get my master's degree as well. So I uh, figured that was a great start to um, kind of my career coaching. Did you have any, obviously, you know, you were just their quarterback. You were just their leader on the field. Now you're one of their coaches. So were there ever any moments where maybe the guys were like, come on, man, like we were just playing with you. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, one thing for me as, as a player, I was, I've always tried to be like a, a player coach on the field too. So I feel like guys have always had that um, great respect for me as a, as a, um, you know, as a football mind. So I definitely felt like there was great respect for me um from the guys that I played with it was definitely an interesting um thing to balance but um no doubt it, I feel like you know I had great respect from those guys and um 
like I said, I feel like um, the way I kind of carry myself as a quarterback kind of helped with that. You know, and you talked about wanting to go overseas. You eventually did get to go overseas and play in France. You had a lot of success as a player. So t- tell me how that opportunity presented itself. And, you know, what were the emotions like when you find out, like, hey, I get to go travel the world and keep playing football? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I just kind of, you know, stayed in shape during um, the year and a half that I was as a GA and everything. And I was I was at the end of my master's degree, so it was kind of a perfect timing for um, you know, me to, to head overseas. And uh, my girlfriend was actually just finishing up her master's too. And she ended up uh, coming with me overseas. So it was a great opportunity where the team, um, the Aix-en-Provence Argonauts to reach out to me and, you know, just asked me if I'd be interested in going to France. And I said, yeah, definitely, you know, I'm interested and end up talking with them. They allowed me to bring her with me and just seemed like a great opportunity to, uh, you know, keep playing and just to go travel. Um, and their schedule is pretty cool too. I'm, you know, as you know, a lot of guys we've had on, uh, we've we would play one game, you know, have a bye week. Um, so during those bye weeks, it was great just to be able to travel around Europe. Uh, ended up being able to go to seven different countries uh, during that time. So it was just an amazing experience, and uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it to anyone. So you got to be paid to take your girl on a European vacation. Is that what I'm hearing? Pretty much, yeah. Six six months. <laughs> Man, I, I I entered the wrong profession. I, <laughs> I mean, you wow, you lucked out there, my guy. So I no doubt. Know, one thing we've talked a lot about with guys who play international football is you guys aren't just playing the game. You know, a lot of people are so used to ah, oh, the quarterback just plays quarterback. But in these international leagues, a lot of times, because of the way they're structured, things look different. So you're not just a player. A lot of times, you're also coaching a position group or what it whatever it may be. So you were also a coach while playing quarterback. So talk about, A, did you enjoy that? And B, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, that was, um, what, you know, one of the, um, just another great thing about doing experiences that I was able to build on my coaching career as well. And being able to um, call plays, uh, like I called probably about 85% of our plays in games as well. And being able to, I was pretty much the pass game coordinator. So I was able to, uh, install on my passing game so it's being able to get that experience and you know coach up the wide receiver group and everything um you know was great experience wise and I love doing that um as well you know just to also just to teach these guys more about more about uh football and um just using my experience you know to to give them tools to hopefully um use for uh, the rest of their careers as well what was that talent level like over there in France? We've heard what Europe as a whole has to offer, mm-hmm. but not specifically too much on the professional leagues in France. So what was your experience like with the talent you were playing with there? Yeah, there's there's definitely some legit talent. Um, we had a great receiving core on our team. We had like the second leading receiver in the league and the fourth, who was my uh, tight end. Um, so those those guys are pretty legit receivers. I mean, our whole receiving core, we had we had a lot of great players. I think we ended up having like nine different receivers catch touchdowns or something. Um, so offensively, we had some weapons. Uh, we were a little weaker up front, but we did also have another American, uh, Nick Wimmer, who was our center, uh, great player. But then on some of these other teams too, you know, they they have um, French guys, European guys who also played, uh, you know, Juco or um, college ball in the States. So they have that experience of, you know, going over and then they come back to their home country and play. Uh, one of the teams we we played, uh, they had a JUCO receiver who ended up being the leading receiver, and he was French. So, uh, Town's definitely legit. 
and a lot of a lot of the guys too from from the league end up getting picked up in the ELF and uh, by the Fenlon League as well. So, what would you tell people? Obviously, a lot of people you know who play college ball here in America are like, well, it's NFL or XFL or USFL or CFL, and maybe they don't give these European leagues as much respect or really you know even think of them as an option. So, if you could talk to a young guy who's coming out of college and you know is getting some looks to go play in Europe, what would you tell him about that opportunity? Yeah, I would say definitely. You know, definitely keep your uh, keep your options open, go in with an open mind because there's so much to experience outside the U.S. Like for me, that was, this is the first time I was able to go outside of the U.S. And that was because of football. If it wasn't because of football, I'd still wouldn't have left the country. So because of football, I was able to travel to seven different countries. I was able to uh, continue playing what I love and um, being able to coach coach internationally, too, is something that I you know, would have never dreamed of. So. Um, a ton of great opportunities out there and in a lot of different countries too that you wouldn't expect you know there's and almost seems like on nearly every country now there's there's uh pro football being played and there's great opportunities everywhere so you went to seven countries while you were overseas <clears throat> you had to pick one which one's going to rank at the top of your favorite to visit <laughs> i always say i have a top three um portugal and ireland because i'm portuguese and irish so uh, i was able to see the homeland a little bit so that's uh, my top three and um, surprisingly, um, Poland, I went to Krakow, Krakow, Poland was absolutely amazing. People were very welcoming, um, great food, great drinks, you know, um, it was cheap too. So, um, you know, that was, that was definitely one of my top places, you know, I'd love to love to go back there and, um, people are awesome there. So, you know, you play overseas, but then like we talked about, you're the wide receivers coach at Assumption University, which is here in America. So walk me through, you know, you finish your season up there in France, walk me through you coming back to America and not going back overseas, but taking a wide receivers job at a D2 college. Yeah, no doubt. So when I got back from, uh, you know, France, I kind of um, ended up getting interviewed assumption and everything and um, get, end up getting the job there. And uh, and when I got back to, you know, that was a very busy time for us, for uh, my company, QB Velocity. So pretty much right when I got back, it was full force, you know, into, um, you know, training guys, running camps, uh, stuff like that. And starting with assumption as well. So it was pretty, pretty fast, uh, pretty fast pace, right. When I got back and, um, definitely, definitely, a, yeah, it was busy, but also it's, it's fun cause it's football, you know, so we're able to, uh, yeah, ended up having, we ended up having a great season assumption, you know, finished eight and three, uh, made the NCAA playoffs, um, yeah, it was a you know amazing year. Won the won the conference championship. So, you know, and like you alluded to, you guys had a great year there at Assumption. So, obviously, you guys had a lot of ranked matchups, which is not something you see a lot at the D one level, where schools play as many ranked opponents as you guys did this year. You know, we've had guys on from the conference you guys play in. Obviously, Pace University. We've had their quarterback on Carlton Aiken Jr. And we, you know, one thing we hear about that conference: legit competition. You know, week in and week out. So can you talk about what the level of competition was like that you guys went up against this year? Oh, yeah, extremely high. Starting right from the first game of the season, we played Crutstown, who was, you know, I think they were 12th in the nation. Uh, and then we played Merrimack Week 2, which is FCS. So um, we played an extremely tough schedule. And then the our actual conference, NE10, is, you know, very good. We had two teams um, from the NE10 in the playoffs this year. So, um, you know, it's absolutely competitive conference and a uh, ton, of, ton of great players. Every team is well coached as well. So every week, every week is a uh, is a great game. 
how much did you enjoy recruiting? I've heard some guys were like, dude, recruiting is the best thing to do in college. And I've heard other guys were like, yeah, I'll be happy when we're just back to coaching football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love recruiting. Cause um, you know, I think back to um, you know, when during my recruiting experience and how much that can mean uh, for a kid. So I would, I want, I want to help, um, you know, whatever guys I'm recruiting, find the right spot for them. And um, that's why I absolutely love assumption. There's so much uh, great things about it. You know, it's a smaller school, but, you know, smaller school with so much pride and tradition. It's in a great city in Worcester. So, you know, I like to just try to give guys the opportunity and just being on the road, you know, getting getting to meet uh, different coaches, uh, different kids in person. I was also able to uh, get on the road to New Jersey. So that was my first time really traveling around New Jersey. So just being able to, you know, experience, uh, you know, new towns, new schools, uh, you know, like I said, meet new coaches and stuff was, was awesome. So, you know, one thing that we see a lot with the recruiting nowadays is social media. And, you know, you've alluded to having mm-hmm. your own company, QB Velocity. You guys obviously have a nice presence there on social media with what you guys are able to do. So walk me through how much social media has changed the game of football. Yeah, it's had a huge impact. Um, you know, there's so many great things, um, including, especially with recruiting, you know, kids are able to uh, put themselves out there. And that's something like for us, we try to do with QB Velocity. We try to really showcase um, our guys as much as possible so that they can maybe catch an eye of a college coach, which has happened. You know, we've gotten uh, some of our guys have gotten recruited just based off of videos we posted, which is awesome. And that's what we want. Even, even, um, you know, younger guys who are in seventh or eighth grade who might get recruited to go play like at a, at a prep school or, uh, um, you know, one of these private schools that allow recruiting. We've had coaches reach out um, because of videos we've posted. So that's, that's something that, is a really great benefit um, to that. And just the, what we love too, is the amount of learning that you can get um, football wise from social media. Um, I think sometimes guys don't necessarily take advantage of that, but there's so much great football content out there as far as drills, um, you know, whether it's on the field in the weight room, uh, film breakdown, film review, you know, ton of, ton of great uh, content when it comes to football now. And it's just, it's awesome to see. You know, we've alluded to your company a few times. I want to dive right into it because you guys are doing some crazy awesome work there. So I want to start. Tell me what QB Velocity is and how you guys started this. Yeah, no doubt. So we uh, we started in 2018. Uh, me and my dad started together. Uh, you know, the first couple of years, we kind of had a few kids going, uh, coming to us for some private training. And then uh, 2020 is kind of where we started to take off a little bit. And uh, since then, we've, um, like I said, our, our main thing is private training where we work with, you know, all different, all different ages, all different positions, not just quarterbacks. Um, and since then, you know, we've been able to add some great coaches to our staff. Uh, we've ran college, we've ran showcases where colleges, you know, will come and recruit guys. We've run uh, seven on seven tournaments now. So it's, <clears throat> it's grown to where we've been able to do a lot, you know, within the company and just to try to help out as many athletes um, throughout New England. We've, we've had a lot of athletes throughout New England. Uh, even we've had a few New York guys. Um, when I was in France, I was working, you know, with some players over there. So just trying to help out as many, uh, as many kids with their, you know, with their football experiences and, um, you know, their recruiting process, everything kind of involved with, with, uh, with the sport. So I have to ask, because I will be honest being business partners with your dad, I mean, I love my dad to death. He's one of my best friends, but I'm just not so sure that dad and I could be business partners together. So 
tell me what it's like running a company with your dad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great, you know. Um, so right now, I mean, we don't live we don't live together since my parents live in New Hampshire now, and I live in uh, Worcester, so we don't get to see each other, you know, every single day. So, but when we have uh, a QB velocity events, obviously we're able to see each other and everything. So that's great to still be able to, um, you know, see him and everything like that. But it just works out well where you know we've um, we just we just we have the same passions for for the sport, and um, I think that's what also helps us when it comes to coaching our, our, uh, our athletes. Cause they, they sense that kind of passion and um, you know, it is a father son team. So we do uh, kind of show that, you know, we really do care about these, these, uh, these kids. And so, yeah, I mean, it definitely works out well. You know, and one thing that people don't understand is what a private quarterback coach is. You know, people hear about Jordan Palmer or Tom house and they're like, well, you only need that if you're like an elite QB in the draft, but Guys don't understand, you know, a lot of private QB coaches start with guys when they're younger and teach them the basics. So talk about how a company like yours can be so beneficial to the development of a guy who's really just starting to play the game and how crucial it can be to helping a guy who's just getting his hands on a football. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's extremely important. And, you know, not, not to knock um, any youth or high school coaches across New England, but to be honest, there's a lot of um, bad coaching being done throughout these youth programs and these high school programs, um, which a lot of them, you know, a lot of these schools just don't have anyone with quarterback experience. So we're really um, positional, whether it's, you might have a O-line guy who doesn't know anything about receivers. So that's where we really feel like we're able to help is just to give, um, just to give these guys in New England, you know, tools, um, whatever their position may be from whatever age, you know, we've had athletes as far uh, as young as seven years old, uh, come to us and just really establish that base and um, you know kind of help them throughout that and we've even had guys who start coming to us you know in high school so just helping them um, wherever whatever level they might be at and what their goals are um, that's what we kind of want to do you know and you've talked about the versatility you've had you know playing safety for a week being a starting long staffer starting quarterback looked at running back you know and some people might say well you're a quarterback though so how can you teach anybody anything other than quarterback? How can you coach receivers? How can you educate guys on different positions? So can, can you break down, A, why that versatility and the position versatility you've had has helped you as a coach? And B, why you feel like, you know, it doesn't matter what position you play, you should have basic knowledge of all positions on the field. Yeah, no doubt. That was that, that was huge for me, um, having that versatility as a player. It's, it's helped me a lot as a coach. Um, it also helped me out as a quarterback because I was always someone who I wasn't one of those quarterbacks who, you know, wouldn't run routes or wouldn't, um, you know, lift weights or anything. I always wanted to be as versatile as possible as a quarterback and just be one of the guys. Um, so I think that helped me a lot um, as a player and as a coach, too. And that's something I try to, uh, you know, tell, pass on as well um, is, yeah, you want to <clears throat> even if you're your quarterback, you still want to be able to um understand the positions because you got to understand you know route running wise you know when a guy uh you know makes a stick on top of break or something that's where you gotta he's expecting the ball you gotta get it out same with receivers too i've i've worked with a lot of receivers who were former quarterbacks or some of my receivers were former quarterbacks and it gives them that great base and understanding of the game so um yeah it's definitely great to put yourself in the shoes of another position just to um help help your knowledge of the game out and it makes you a better player at the end of the day 
You know, and you, you talked a little bit about what you guys offer, the different clinics and seven-on-seven opportunities you guys have. One of the really cool things I've seen you guys doing here lately is having college position coaches come to your events and help coach guys up too. So, you know, they're getting the coaching from you and your dad and your staff, but they're also getting other collegiate coaches to come in and show them like, Hey, this is what you're going to, this is how you're going to need to be able to do it. If you want to play at the next level. So talk about, you know, we've talked a little bit about the different coaching that's available. There's a lot out there. So Mm -hmm. talk about what separates you guys at QB velocity from, you know, some of the other options that are out there. Yeah. I think um, for us, I think, like I said, number one is, is, our um, kind of personal touch and with us being a, a family company and everything, that's number one. And um, as you mentioned with the college coaches as well, you know, for me as a young coach, I've really tried to uh, grow my network of coaches. And that's really at the end of the day, what coaching is, it's a huge network. And um, even if you're, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're at one school, you're talking to one school, well, all of us coaches talk. So I, I just want to try to expose a lot of our athletes to multiple <clears throat> colleges, you know, because it, it, starts to help them create relationships and create connections for colleges they might want to go to. And um, <clears throat> like I said, you know, for me, I've, I've had a lot of um, coaches reach out on behalf of our players or, you know, even different colleges ask about some former um, players I've coached at the college level. So it's just, like I said, it's a huge uh, network of, of connections. And that's why I just want to try to expose um, our players to as much as possible, just educate them on that piece. So you you've you currently are a college coach, so you're getting to offer scholarships to guys and give guys roster spot opportunities, but you're also privately coaching guys as well and getting to develop them so their talent's good enough for other coaches to offer them. So which I, – I know this might be too hard to pick, but I'm going to ask you to pick. Which piece do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy actually giving the offer to a high school kid or do you enjoy seeing – all that development and all of that hard work that you put into a kid and then be able to go earn an offer, which one, mm-hmm. which one's more fulfilling for you? Oh man, that's tough. That is definitely tough. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to, it's hard to say one or the other, but you know, definitely um, it's, it's different too. You know uh, some guys I'm recruiting, I've, I've just met them um, this past year. Whereas some of the guys I've worked with, I've been working them since they were, you know, a very young age and, um stuff like that like, i'll give a good example of uh, one of our guys uh ryan thomas he we started working with him going into his junior year of high school uh, a few years back and he ended up going to fairly dickinson his uh university and he's killing it over there he became a starting quarterback this year he's also one of those guys who his freshman year he uh he was in some running package a quarterback he punted he was on kickoff so um he's kind of everything that we um kind of coach and preach and he's just an absolute awesome to see him doing great things. So it's, <clears throat> that's certainly very fulfilling is getting, being able to see guys do great things, you know, at the college level, high school level, youth, uh, whatever it may be. And just, especially guys like him who we've worked with for a long time and, um, you know, who have really bought into our program and um, we've gotten to know them and their families so well. So stuff like that is, is definitely amazing. So I want to switch gears a little bit back to assumption because obviously You've been on the recruiting trail. You know, we talked about this was a long time coming, man. You know, first you guys had to go and have a great year, which foiled our plans to get you on sooner. You guys just had to make the playoffs, which I mean, hey, I I guess, you know, I guess we will wait. You know, and obviously, like we talked about, the playoff game didn't go the way you guys wanted to. But then you jump right into recruiting, which has taken the entire month of December. So I want to ask you a little bit, you know, what has – the you know day-to-day operation and the day-to-day grind of being the receiver coach at a successful program like assumption been like for you 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's definitely a grind. It's um, it's a lot of hard work. I think our uh, coach staff does just an amazing job of doing doing what we got to do to prepare our guys we, uh, day in and day out, you know, week to week. And it all starts from our head coach, you know, Coach McKenzie. Is, he's awesome. He's an awesome head coach who extremely knowledgeable, you know, has a lot of great experience and is a great leader, too, and um, goes down from him uh, and um, all of our other coaches as well so it's definitely it's definitely a lot of hard work but it's it's also amazing to see that product you know on Saturdays to see um the success we're having on the field and and now just you know hitting the like you like you mentioned hitting the road you know recruiting is we want to take that next level you know win the first round you know keep going in the playoffs so that's kind of our focus right now as a as coaching staff is to you know yeah we want to win the conference championship again then we want to make a run in the playoffs you know we've talked a little bit about your high school recruiting being in massachusetts hit the road to jersey this year but there's this new thing called the transfer portal <laughs> and it, it's you know there's a lot of mixed opinions on it and a lot of people are like you know hey the portal is killing high school recruiting mm-hmm. high school recruits aren't getting offers because of the portal what has your philosophy been like as a recruiter this year are you still going heavy really high school or are you guys utilizing the portal as well we're definitely we're definitely looking at it um a little bit, but for us our our philosophy is definitely, you know, hitting high school um players, uh high school recruits, because we want to bring in a great class and be able to develop them in our program for four years. I mean, transfer portal is definitely something you kinda have to I would say you kinda have to at least look at. I don't think we're a school that completely relies upon it. Like I know, you know, like with Deion Sanders at Jack, I know he only brought in like I think four high school guys last year um because you got a b- bunch of portal guys but um i know every school is kind of different on their philosophies when it, when it comes to it but it's definitely a crazy time uh no doubt but i feel like we're in a good spot handling it so when you're recruiting a kid what are you looking for do you start looking at you know I, i've talked to some coaches who are like i actually look at their gpa before i even look at their football and then mm-hmm. i've talked to others who are like yeah i'll go down the rabbit hole and look at the huddle and then i'll start doing some other background checks so what's your philosophy as a recruiter yeah, I mean, first of all, you definitely have to have the grades. Uh, GPA and transcript is is what um, we kind of look at first. And then um, obviously you got to have the film. And um, those two things are good. I mean, the, the most important thing at the end of the day is, is their character and if they're going to be a, a good a good fit for, for our program, if they're going to help elevate, you know, our, our, our current program. And um, if they can come in and, and do that, then that's the right recruit that we want. You know, and one thing we love to do on this show is give advice to high school athletes. I'm going to have you give a few pieces of advice because you are, you know, uniquely qualified to give several pieces of <laughs> advice. So I want to start with, you know, your college coaching hat, the one you're currently wearing as the wide receiver coach at Assumption. Mm-hmm. If you could talk to a kid who is, you know, going through the process of making huddle film right now and they're making a Twitter bio and they're trying to be appealing to catch the eyes of college coaches, what are some do's and don'ts? Maybe are there any red flags that you would tell them like, hey, don't don't put this in the Twitter, don't have this in the huddle, or you're not going to get the looks you're wanting. Yeah, definitely. I'll start with huddle. So definitely huddle. You know, you, you want to make sure you have a high quality that you edit, that you take some time to actually edit your clips. Because I've seen, I've watched some film where kids will just put clips and it'll just, it'll be playing like the whole pre-snap. And we don't want to, as coaches, we watch a lot of films, so we don't want to waste time you know, watching film. So cut down your film as much as possible so that we're getting right to the player. Circling yourself, that's another thing. Not not everybody circles themselves. Um, that's kind of the main thing with huddle, I would say. 
And also make sure you're getting all your play, best plays at the front, which, you know, a lot of people will say. And then as far as, uh, you know, Twitter bios, you know, you want to put your height, weight, GPA, uh, year of graduation, high school, head coach info, if you have that, um, you know, that's kind of some of the main stuff. And then don't, you know, make sure you're putting the right stuff on, on Twitter, which I know a lot of people harp on, but still some kids aren't, you know, doing the right things and um, putting the right stuff. But you always, you know, be your, be yourself, be your best salesman when it comes to, um, you know, put clips of you working out put highlights you know grades uh any any type of award stuff like that just put as much stuff good info onto yourself you know out there you know and i i have to ask you as well you know again as a college recruiter when you're going through this process how important is character for you and what i mean by character is you brought up the high school coach and a lot of kids sometimes think their talent will just carry them you know hey i'm good enough i've got good grades who cares what my high school coach has thought of me you know, so how important is it to you what other people's opinion are of this recruit's character? Yeah, it's huge, you know, especially if it's someone, especially if it's a coach or uh, someone I know that already knows this recruit. It's it's huge. So you got to make sure you're um, – that's the number one thing, like I said, that we look for is high character, guys. So that's that's huge. You know, you got to make sure that you're always doing the right things. You're, you're highly coachable because – college coaches do talk to the high school coaches. So you got to um, just be always be a high character guy throughout your, you know, your high school career. You know, and then I want to switch gears a little bit, you know, obviously like we've talked about, you run a Q, you run a QB training company. Now, I know you guys train other positions, but I mean, QB is in the title. So we're going to stick to QB for this one. So if you could talk to a quarterback who's maybe just getting into the game and they're just like, where do I start? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. So I can become a good enough quarterback to play in college, what would be some basic fundamentals or first steps you'd tell that kid to focus on? Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, as we talked about earlier, there's so much great information out there on the internet. So dive in, you know, watch football, um, become a football nerd. There's so much great stuff you can be doing. Um, you know, do drills on your own too. Yeah. It's great to, you know, get a quarterback's coach and everything, but do drills on your own um start with the footwork is huge as a quarterback you want to make sure you're you have a great have a great break have a great base have a great throwing platform um those things are, are extremely important from a young age to establish um and then by the time you're old enough too, you want to make sure you're um taking the weight room extremely serious because i think it's something at the quarterback position is very underrated is the weight room i know for me that's it's had a huge impact on my career is, is how serious i take the weight room so um Highly, you know, take advantage of of the weight room and all these other, um, you know, opportunities that are out there with um, everything that um, is available now. You know, and you talked about base in the weight room, and those are things that guys are maybe like, I don't even know where to start. So what would be a good drill a guy could start to focus on their base? And, you know, in the weight room, obviously, you don't need to be built like the left tackle who's protecting you. So what are some good weight room you know, workouts and lifting techniques that a QB could utilize to help elevate their game. Yeah. So I'll start with just a kind of on-field drill for base. So um, there's a few, one, one I love that I do with a lot of my uh, quarterbacks is just a figure eight drill. You know, you set up um, six cones, you know, one uh, first two cones are about five yards apart. And then you set up two others on, on the other side. So basically you start with a three-step drop, you step over, you know, keep a wide base a little bit wider than the shoulder width. Um, step up, you know, uh, 
shuffle around those cones and you just pick, basically make it uh, an eight. That's why it's called the figure eight. And you just keep doing that the whole time. And uh, I can I can make a video too. They have plenty of um, videos that I could show on that. And then as far as the weight room, um, squats are, are very important when it comes to quarterback and, um, you know, making sure that you have a, a great brace when, when you're squatting and <clears throat> um, other explosive lists like cleans, um, you know, single leg squats. There's a ton of great um, explosive lifts that you can be doing and plyometrics plow, plow are huge as well for football players. You know, and the last piece of advice I want to have you give is, you know, to a kid who's going through the recruiting process, you yourself went through this, you know, and you had to go through it a few times, you know. Yeah. And so if you could talk to a kid who's maybe not getting the offers that some of their friends are getting, maybe their friends are getting bigger offers and they're not. What would you tell a kid, you know, about, you know, maybe that D1 or bust mentality and why it's kind of a faulty way of thinking? Yeah, I mean, stay. my advice is to stay patient. There's so much great um, football out there at all all levels. Um, sometimes what, what I think gets, uh, mixed up too, is sometimes you might be paying less to go to a, a, a small, a small level school where the, whereas if you, uh, are just so focused on one division, one school, keep your options open, um, <clears throat> and consider all those, all those, all those things when it comes to deciding on school and going through the recruiting process. And, um, I always say too, never, never, um, leave a sour taste with a coach. Cause you don't know where that coach is going to end up in a week in a month and a year coaches are always on the move. That's just the, that's just the business of coaching. You know, I was just at uh, Nichols not so long ago. And um, so you always want to make sure that you're uh, even if you're not interested in that school, you still at least give that school a response. You show respect, show respect to coaches. Cause you never know where you might end up meeting them. You know, and the last question we have for you, what can folks expect from assumption this coming season and what should folks expect from QB velocity this coming season as a company, as you guys continue to grow. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think, for, you know, for assumption wise, you know, we're going to, again, our goal is to go win that conference championship again and just um, the off seasons be extremely, uh, extremely tough on the guys. And um, we're looking forward to having a great uh, spring and uh, spring football season and uh, just carrying it over into the summer uh, and then into the season. Uh, as far as QB velocity, you know, we have a lot of great things uh, coming up. We have a camp on January 21st. We have a uh, seven-on-seven camp as well in February. Uh, we have some showcases and, and tournaments that we're also uh, scheduling. And, uh, you know, all that stuff is great too. But, again, our main focus is private training. So we have a lot of a lot of great opportunities for that as well coming up, you know, throughout, uh, you know, New Hampshire, um, Eastern Mass, Central Mass. So a lot of exciting stuff happening. And how can people get a hold of you guys at QB Velocity if they're listening to this and are like, hey, I like this personal training idea. I want to maybe get into this. How can people get a hold of you guys and reach you guys? Yeah, no doubt. So all of our contact info is on our website. It's QBVelocity.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just at QB Velocity. Um, and, yeah, we're very responsive. You know, if, you, if you're interested or want to talk any advice or anything, uh, from us we also offer virtual sessions too for any any of our ohio listeners or uh, anyone like that like i've had an absolute blast having you on the show today man thank you so much for hopping on and joining us today absolutely i had a lot of fun thanks for having me yeah for sure and folks that is coach mike pino jr wide receiver coach at assumption university that's all we got for you guys this time like i always tell you guys rate subscribe and review to the podcast but until next time we'll see you guys later have a good one Thank you.